Hi, welcome to Web3 Weekly with your host, Blockstar Technology. Let's go. Hello, everybody. That's on all our social medias. We're currently, Nathan's streaming to Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, um, Twitter. Is there any, any ones I miss? Facebook Facebook as well. Um, and we're here for episode 59, and we've got our guest, Leanne, who is doing a lot of interesting things in the web free space. Um, Leanne, if you want to do an introduction um, on yourself to all the people listening and watching. Yeah, for sure. Um, good to be here. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, my name is Leanne Batts. Um, I do a number of things in the, the Web3 world, um, some of it related to sports, uh, but then also um, my passion piece is really building this technology um, to better the world uh, and including uh, carbon removal or kind of, you know, redefining climate action, if you will. And that's so cool. So what, like, I'd love to know how those two things came together. So like, it's, I just like, Charlie was explaining it to me before, like, here you are wanting to save the world and reduce carbon and you're like you know what blockchain so yeah. what was what was the thought behind it it is a good question um i will give you the kind of full story here um i was your very average i guess consumer you know concerned with the climate but not actually doing too much more than maybe recycling right so i'm very much like everyone um when it comes to this i'm not some sort of eco warrior or living my life perfectly by any stretch of the imagination um, but after I became a mother, I, I call it like a cocktail of, I think, mother guilt, right? Um, yeah. A little sleep mixed with one too many climate documentaries. And I was like, wow, this is not cool. Um, this is really, really bad. I have to do something. I can't leave, you know, this to my son to fix. You know, I'm going to hand him a broken planet without any hope to fix it. So I need to get my button to get. With that, I went out and did the whole thing that we do. You know, you try and I actually I sold my car. I started walking everywhere. I started buying secondhand clothing like this is secondhand. You know, I, I still do this kind of stuff, but really found like, gosh, the ways to kind of be climate active were not that attractive. They're not that cool. And they certainly aren't working. You know, we're still heading well in the wrong direction. But knowing the the statistics and, you know, the, the passion that I felt about wanting to do something different, I knew people if we had a way to do it, that was way more engaging, way more fun, way more pleasurable, lots more people would do it. Um, And at the same time, I was going down the Web3 rabbit hole myself. Um, You know, and and of course, the headlines around Web3 at the time were how terrible this is for the planet. Um, And so part of my role in sports is I actually consult to a number of sporting brands, including um, New Zealand Rugby or the All Blacks. Um, as head of Web3. And, you know, so I was sort of looking at this world very deeply, um, but also had the sustainability mindset thinking, well, if this was so bad for the planet, how can this possibly be the way that we're going to move forward? But what it did was maybe look under the hood, you know, instead of just um, getting swept up in what was the the glorious fun of, say, NFTs and the communities that were kind of on the surface and what was the hype, I really had to go underneath and go, well, what are these consensus mechanisms? Um, which is where I found smart contracts. And then that's where I found the power of this technology, right? The fact that we can kind of immutably program anything uh, now to do stuff uh, without the need for trust, without the need for um, any kind of ongoing, uh, you know, know, maintenance or manual or or human interaction in theory. Um, And I thought that was just amazing. Like, I know it sounds nerdy, but I was like, wow, imagine what we can do with these things including programming carbon. Um, because one of the problems is like we we might still, as a consumer, you, you know, I, I know I do it when I shop online, you know, I choose a sustainable option. I just have no clue what that actually means. I have no idea yeah. if it's actually resulting in anything. Uh, and one of the one of the problems with this is often it's not, you know, it's often it's not, but even yeah. if it is, I have, I have no idea. So I have to trust who I'm doing that with. Uh, and I believe there is a world out there, not that far away, we don't actually have to do that anymore. Um, yeah. It's just something that is simple, programmed in. We know it's happening. Here's the proof. And it's funny that you say that because we hear that all the time. Like I feel like at the moment sustainability and all of that stuff is a real catchword, a trend word. And like yeah. with everything, everyone's jumping on the hype. You've got people saying like this, this is green, but it's a lot of it's just greenwashing. Like what, what did Woolies do? They brought in that green um the green bag but it's just like 10 percent of something else but it's still completely garbage oh, yeah and they call that. it greenwashing 
So I think, yeah, you're absolutely right because I think that a lot of people, consumers, want to do the right thing and they will take that option. And a lot of the times we're like, well, that makes us feel better. Like who knows where it ends up. But you're right. I see a future where soon we'll be able to no longer trust. We can verify. Right, Charlie? Yep. Yep. And that's the beauty of blockchain technology and smart contracts. So, Leanne, yeah. with the um, obviously you were you were in Web three as a uh, job, New Zealand Rugby All Blacks, and you'd been watching um, documentaries about um, environment and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Did you just wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna create this smart contract standard that's gonna help everyone to alleviate this and help the world. And how how did that come about? With like, was there a lot of sleepless yeah. nights? We've been a, a mother as well during all of that. And yeah. It is hard yeah. learning, you know, when you jump into Web3, just getting your head around it all, never alone oh, understanding absolutely. how the smart contracts are working mm. and the technology yeah. to building your own business yeah. around that. How, how was that And journey? it's really great the way that you've applied it as well. Yeah. Applied it to what you want yeah. to do with it. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, it's still early, right? We're still working um, in, in these very early phases, but... It did not happen overnight. No way. Um, you know, we're nearly, I'm nearly sort of three years on from first coming up with, I think there could be something here to understanding exactly how that will still play out. Um, but I think there was a moment where I woke up and said, NFT, there's something here, there's something here with NFTs, you know, and I didn't quite know what that was. But what I did see was the fact that these tokens kind of aligned communities around the world that didn't even have to know each other, coordinated yeah. them and kind of aligned incentives. And so that was the first thing that goes, oh, there's something here. And then I found smart contracts and I was like, oh, that's even better because, you know, it helps with this. So it's really like doing a jigsaw puzzle um, and it's painfully slow. And sometimes you just don't want to do it at all. You know, you're over it. I'm, uh, why am I doing this? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's just life of a founder. You know, that that's just comes pa- pa- parcel of, um, you know, what you're doing here. But knowing that you're kind of inching towards something and, and unpacking something the whole time, um, yeah. you know, keeps you going, I think, and keeps you kind of chasing it, but certainly did not come overnight. It's really from a whole culmination of things. And, you know, I've had to relate it to anything. I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Slumdog Millionaire. You know, it sits, and he sits in the seat and he can answer all 10 questions. Yeah. Um, you know, I can probably answer six, four are yet to come, and they'll come from my experience in life and things that I'm unpacking along the way. So, yeah, I think I'm on that journey still. Um, but you've, you, you, we're at a point where we've come together with, you know, say six of these answers and, and yeah. mash them all together. Strange that, sort of way. That's such a cool analogy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that <laughs> the thing that you love. I'm going to use that, by the way, later. I've got six. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned that the thing that you love about NFTs is the communities that, you know, yeah. globally they've built. Is that something that you're looking to do, like build a really solid community of like like-minded people, people that want to save the world, people that love NFTs, love the future of technology. Like what's your vision for it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's absolutely what I want to do because um, I feel like, you know, rightly or wrongly, there's people like me and it's not just about people that want to save the world, but it's yeah. more like building this for people that wanted to do want to do something. Yeah. I want to do something. I don't know what it is, but make it easy for me and I'll do it. And and can we have fun with that? Can we take away the anxiety that comes with, you know, when you know too much about this world? Yeah. Um, and absolutely, I think it will, I think every brand in the future will have to put community at the heart of it. Uh, yeah. I just think that is inevitable. Um, that is what, uh, you know, the evolution of the internet is going to enable. But what you, when you look at younger generations, they already want that connection. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think that that's kind of going to be the way forward. But um what kind of community will this be? Uh, hopefully more so for everyone, but the mainstream, you know, the mainstream people that go, God, I want a better world. I want to do something and I want to have fun with that. And I want to feel lighter about it rather than heavier about it. Hopefully yeah. we'll build that place. I love how yeah. humble your answer is. You're like not saving the world, but if everyone <laughs> took that one step to do something, we would save the world, right? So yeah, very we're humble. on a whole bit of path. Anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, no. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, so Leanne, for any of the listeners out there, um, what is the what is the process that that Trey Cool 
um, does to uh, to remove carbon from the world, including with the NFTs. For say, if me being a user and I was to yeah. mint a trade cool NFT, what is that process yeah. dur- during that, and um, would I be able to know how much carbon I've offset as well? Yeah, for sure. So the way it works and what we've built so far um, is what we call the ERC call. Now, um, this gets a little technical, but I'll try and keep it light. Effectively, <laughs> yeah. what it is is a piece piece of code, um, and, and they call it an interface, but really what that means is it can be plugged in um, and is composable with any smart contract. So uh, if you're thinking about an, a non-fungible token or an NFT, that's usually an, a, an ERC721. What happens is the ERC call can come into that token and then... Uh, the creator of that token can charge it to remove carbon. And we call it a cooldown rate. And effectively, what you do is go 1% of whatever's going through this. You know, if I'm going to sell this thing, 1% of it will go to the cooldown rate. And from there, that will hit um, what we call our, our delegate smart contract, which is effectively that immutable bit, the bit that goes, great, we're now going to remove carbon. The really cool bit and the exciting bit, I think, for this and, and where the future of um, Treacle will really kind of focus is... Um, the proof of that, right? So again, um, you know, if we're going back to our original story, you, you'd buy the T-shirt, you, it's sustainable because it's tagged that way on the front end yeah. of, a, of an e-commerce site, but the consumer has no idea really what happens in the background. But what we actually do at Treco is automatically tokenize the impact. So as the carbon's removed, we then use a fungible token that we call Cool Factor. And what we do is we actually... Um, only can make that when we've removed carbon and then we make it um you know budgeted against or balance it against the carbon removed so one kg of carbon removed equals one cool factor and you as the consumer will then get that back to your nft Uh, and you can redeem that cool factor or factor for short and you'll know down to the gram how much carbon you've just gone and removed wow and then what we want to do with that cool factor token is have fun right the whole point is like the ERC call contract has done the job. That's done the the hard work, the action, you know, the, the heavy lift, if you will. The cool factor token is really about celebrating what we've just gone off and done. And what what fun can we have with that? And in a lot of ways, that turns into this kind of open rewards and open loyalty um, that, again, is very Web3, but really allowing, um, you know, people to have kind of agency over what they've done and the rewards that they've had. We want to obviously offer ways that that will um, be rewarded and you can come back and get experiences with us, but allow that to be something that's open and accepted by other brands as well. So you mentioned remove carbon, and I I don't want to sound ignorant, but what does that mean? You're going to plant a tree. What are we doing there to remove the carbon? (laughs) Yeah, really, 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 really good question, right? Because, again, on my personal journey into this space, is uh, this is another rabbit hole I went down, but, like, this place is crazy. Um, And so when you look at the voluntary carbon market, majority of it's made up, and this is um, about 95% of it, in fact, is is not made up of removing carbon. It's about preventing it, right? So Mm -hmm. when you look at our problem, what we've done for the last couple of decades, or if not longer, um, since, you know, definitely proven since the 60s, but since the Industrial Revolution, really, is we've been pumping carbon up into the air, more so than nature can ever cope with, right? So it's put itself out of balance. So now what we have is a really high concentration of carbon in the air. People talk about that as like parts per million, generally. Yeah. And what the task, one of the tasks we have to do is stop pumping it out and also pull back what we've, you know, the excess that we've already put there. Yeah. Um, some people kind of refer to this in, in a way like a, a bathtub. Like if you've got a bathtub, you've got the tap on full bore and you've also got the plug-in. So yeah. what's going to happen? This thing's going to overflow. And we're really, really near overflowing at the moment, right? And once it's overflow, that's it. We're, you know, it's mm. very difficult to come back from. Um, because nature starts to get into its own cycles. So what we must do is work to turn off the tap. Now, that is preventing future carbon from going yeah. out there, right? And so that's like by um, 95% of this voluntary carbon market is made up of. So, you know, could it be green energy, for example? Um, things like tree planting is a removal, but it's a temporary source. So this was, again, coming back to nature is nature's meant to have carbon in the cycle we need some carbon carbon's actually like the you know the the very formation of life and so when a tree is planted it'll it'll store carbon while it's alive uh, and in its root system but when it dies that carbon goes back up into the air so it's only a temporary store so 95 percent is working towards turning off that tap which it's not doing a fantastic job of at the moment but it's doing a job 
But to get to that, that kind of net zero, we're also going to have to remove carbon because we're not going to be able to turn off the tap completely. Um, plus, we've got the job to do of, even if we did stop emissions overnight, we're in a position now that we've been pumping out carbon for so long, we still have to go and pull it from the air. Yeah. And we have to pull it from the air in a way that it's stored away permanently. Now, this brings us to the very kind of, it's a kind of an end of the spectrum of the carbon removal uh, market and industry, but um, they call them like engineered or tech-based carbon um, removal solutions. Mm. So what these things are, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a varied number of them, but things like um, one's called direct air capture, and it's nearly um, what you just pointed out, but no word of a lie, picture a massive fan sucking <laughs> in the atmosphere, um, what it does is a, a, an awesome piece of chemistry at this level and actually um, takes CO2 and converts it back, you know, breaks it up, pumps the oxygen back out and then stores the carbon underground. Uh, and that these things are scaling up around the world. Um, yeah. But they can store carbon up to a thousand years. They believe forever, but, you know, but no one's really kind of actually studied it yeah. that long. So <laughs> yeah. things are really, really permanent, right? Um, and effectively just reversing the effects that we've already had on the planet. And it's time to kind yeah. of do that job. Um, the thing, though, with the end of the spectrum is it's a whole lot more expensive, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's quite cheap to go up and plant some trees. Um, and it's quite cheap to avoid, you know, someone else putting out a carbon credit in the future um, and kind of turning off that tap, if you will. But what's not so cheap is, is high-end tech, new technology. Yeah. So the part that Trey wants to play is to be an early purchaser in this because like all technology, as soon as you start to use it, more people come, this thing can scale up the volume curve and down the cost curve. Yeah. And then we make these things far more viable um, and far more um, used at scale, if you will. So that's where we're trying to be um, and the role we're trying to play. And hence why, um, you know, I said we're truly not saving the world. We're playing one very small part, but we want to play play that part and play it really well, yeah. if that makes sense. That's amazing. And where did you, like, clearly you have done some reading and research on this. I can tell I'm learning more, I'm learning more on this podcast than I have in a long time. Um, so where did you come across yeah. these machines or this technology? Yeah. Um, well, I told you there were two rabbit holes I went down. One was Web3 and the other was was carbon. Um, and yeah. in particular, it's like carbon credits and, and what, what kind of is actually going on there. Um, there are, I mean, there are marketplaces that sell this stuff, believe it yeah. or not. You have to know what you're doing. And this is why it is so hard for brands want to, you know, want to take part. They want to do this stuff. But imagine the level of and degree you have to go to to understand this world, understand what actually yeah. is worthwhile. Um, and that's why we need things like us connecting um, you know, the brands that want to have a go at this, make yeah. it super simple, super easy, super low cost, um, but just connect us into what we need on the other side, which, you know, isn't isn't simple to understand. It isn't simple to go out there and, you know, you've got a day job, you've got your own, uh, you know, needs and wants, and mm. figuring this out is not really um, something that's easily doable. So um, precisely why we want to play that part and connect these brands and consumers to this end of the yeah. carbon market, which is actually quite Quite difficult to do at this point in time and i feel like yeah. the the idea you're presenting is actually quantifiable it's not just like here we go let's hope for the best it's actually going towards something that is like you said is a proven way to do it is a clear model that would work and the way you explain it so simply with the bathtub and stuff i feel like everyone can understand that i can understand <laughs> it so i'm, I'm assuming yeah. most other people can do. <laughs> yeah. so what, what that? <laughs> yeah yeah so Leanne, we've spoken about like the carbon credits, the carbon market. What what is yep. the process of that? So if someone is to to buy carbon credits, who who creates the carbon like who creates the carbon credits and then what can people do with those carbon credits once they've got them for like a, a business, yep. for instance? Yeah, it's a really good question. The um the projects that I talked about, they're the creators of the carbon credit, if you will, as in they do the work. We Then you have to have a layer of um, independent verification to call it a carbon credit. Um, yeah. Mostly true, but this carbon market is all over the show as well. Um, this is, again, where blockchain is going to come in and really help this market, yeah. not not part and parcel of what we're playing, um, but will really help the kind of standardization of these carbon credits um, globally. Uh, so what usually what, what would happen in a, in a kind of perfect scenario is, um, you know, producer or project would remove carbon. Um, the ver independent verifier would come in and go, yep, that's a carbon credit. Then a seller or a marketplace can then list that. Uh, and then someone like myself or Trey Cool could go and buy that. 
Um, so really, that's the way it works. There are a lot of nuances and in going into the depths of that. Mm -hmm. But what do you do when you buy that? Um, now, there's sort of two things that can happen. One is that you can trade it, right? So these carbon credits, they're not necessarily retired. So um, the way the carbon market works is that um, it's not really accounted for until you've retired it. And that means taking it out of supply. Uh, what we see in, in blockchain is um, people bridging carbon. So they're bringing these carbon credits on chain and making that more liquid so you can actually trade carbon. Why that's quite good is that it puts a price on carbon. So all of a sudden it becomes interesting to, to, to do this. You know, that, that increases people um, creating carbon or carbon removal on, yeah. on that side of the of the market, if that makes sense. Um, but what Trade Cool will do is, is not take part in that. What we're here to do is actually retire and pull and store away the stuff forever. You know, we're not interested in the, um, yeah. you know, mechanics of the market in terms of trading or anything like that. Um, so what we're trying to do, and, you know, if you were busy there, what you might do is actually get um, into the, the lower end of the carbon and then try and drive the price because that's how you might make money. We're trying to buy the most expensive stuff um, and make that cheaper. So we're trying not trying to, you know, monetize the actual carbon credits yeah. or the asset of carbon ourselves. What we will do is always retire them. Now, as I explained, we're working in this, this kind of end of the spectrum of the carbon market. What we're sometimes doing or often doing is buying what they call a future vintage. So what we're doing is actually paying up front to a company that has this technology going, we want to buy the one next year because we want to fund you and keep you going and keep your kind of trajectory happening. You won't, you won't actually remove that carbon until next year, but when you do, then we'll retire it. So often what we're working is, is what they call a futures market, yeah. um, which is an increasing part of, of this um, the space because we need this technology, we need it to scale, we need to kind of uh, ensure we're funding these things. Uh, and it's actually a model taken out of the vaccines market. So um, which have been really successfully implemented there. So, you know, when they were trying to research um, how to, you know, solve uh, and vaccinate against these diseases, they did the same thing. They said, you know, we believe that you'll come to it, we'll fund you now, and then we'll have a cut of, a cut of all, you know, the, the product when you actually create it. Yeah. And so, yeah, the um, the way it's working now is, is mostly for us, future vintages. But what yeah. we do is retire them upon maturity. So yeah. you mentioned you mentioned that people are now going to trade these carbon credits and yep. there's, there's a value on the carbon. Do we think that there's a potential for that to be counter- productive in terms of actually fixing this problem as soon as there's money involved and you're putting a value on something and they're trading it like where what can you see that kind of going against what your intentions are i know that's probably yeah a i mean question, but no 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 not at all not at all right so um look it absolutely is like if carbon uh is is pulled around and then traded hands we're not really getting anywhere we need the stuff yeah. to be retired we need more we need more credit you know more credits hitting the market and all the rest of it um but what they do do is tend to devalue over time. So say a tree carbon credit, um, remember I said that's a temporary store of, of carbon. So if you've bought a credit that happens to be pulled from a forestry, you know, 20 years down the track is what they kind of estimate will, it'll house that carbon for 20 years. So you buy that carbon credit, roughly it's only going to be valid for 20 years. Um, and again, there's, there's, there, there isn't infrastructure or the standardization to go, it's no. going to expire in 20 years. But kind of the... The way it is and, and and looked at like if you're buying old carbon from 2007 and it was sort of like questionable whether that thing even happened anyway probably going to you know charge a less lesser price for that so the interesting thing about the carbon credit market is at the moment it's treated quite fun like a, like a fungible token like a, a ton mm. of carbon is a ton of carbon but we all know that they're, they're really not that fungible there's very big differences in terms of quality and, and metrics that go into it but does that market kind of is it good or bad? And I think it's a bit of both, right? Um, it certainly doesn't help us, again, if, if everyone's just trading this, you know, which is sharing money around and not actually getting anywhere with this stuff. But like what I said is money does help the market start. Like this is the whole thing that kickstarts it. So like we play this early purchaser role for these these new technologies that helps scale it up volume down cost. Um, if there's money to be made by creating carbon removal and carbon credits, more people will do it. It brings yeah. brings people to the market. Um, and so if trading allows us to put a price on carbon and a, and a good price on carbon, then people will make carbon because that's just how free markets work and markets work, right? So um, it definitely plays a positive part in that sense. 
Um, and then I would say if it, you know, if nothing's ever getting retired, it's not so great. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of both. I find it, yeah. I find it so crazy because to be honest, um, that's the first time I'm hearing about this amazing technology that can do that. And I, I feel as though like, why is the government not doing more? If like, why are they not investing in these machines? It's crazy that it's up to like private companies or corporations yeah. to be funding this when, you know, it's all of our problem and we pay a lot of tax. So why is the government? That's probably a political question. But you raise a good point. You raise a good point. I mean, I know you guys are sitting in Australia uh, and Australia is leading in, in this sort of technology, maybe not carbon removal per se. Um, I know there is some work going on there, but um, Australia is arguably led with solar, you know, um, yeah. which again, yeah. you know, if, to decarbonize, we have to turn that tap off and mainly turning that tap off means moving our electricity from, you know, fossil, fossil fuel based yeah. sources into renewable sources. So, I mean, there is a lot of positive stuff happening. We don't tend to hear about it so much. And, and um, you know, certainly with this like tech, um, carbon dioxide removal side, no one really knows about it, oh, but it's becoming kind of kind of the sexier the sexier way to do. And again, part of the role we want to do with Trey Cool is go look at this cool stuff happening. Um, we don't need to feel fear. We don't need to feel these things. We just need to put our efforts in the right place. We can turn this around, you know. Um, so it's a bit of a fresh and hopeful kind of view. And you know, maybe we'll teach some people some new things and go, oh, this is not so bad. This is all right. We can do this. You're definitely yeah. giving us hope. I feel a lot more hopeful knowing that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm blown away by the carbon, like the carbon market in gen, in general. It's sort of like its own Ecosystem. own stock market. Yeah. Um, it yeah. resonated yeah. with me a lot uh, on cryptocurrency tokens where, you know, like sort of you can burn your tokens if you want and decrease supply um yep. yeah and also i guess with that is i know what you mean with people just selling that around mm -hmm. but i guess the reason why from from my limited understanding is if a business hits a certain amount of carbon output they have to they either have to pay the government extra taxes or they have the opportunity to buy these um carbon credits but once they buy them for like that financial year, once a business buys a bunch of carbon credits to say offset their tax, what happens with it then? So they obviously will get a tax saving, but are they forced to, I'll just use the terminology of burn those carbon credits or do they have to give yeah. them to the government and that's how the it sort of decreases yeah. and levels itself out or do they buy them and then offset their tax and then go and on sell them? Like, what? And I want to add to that. And if we're paying the government a carbon tax, why are they not using that money to buy these machines? And that too. <laughs> <laughs> Solve the world. No questions. No, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, in terms of like, I'm not a I'm not a super expert here on how this works and policy and all the rest of it, and it, and it will be different per country. But effectively, yeah. um, what you're saying is correct. So. Um, you're an emitter in order to avoid like the kind of the the big stick from the government and, and in terms of tax, you're forced to go out, well, not forced to, but, you know, to go out and purchase these carbon removals um, or carbon credits, I should say, to offset, right? So bring it back to, um, you know, net neutral. Um, so what you're emitting, you can kind of offset. Um, the problem with that is one, these, these clean energy credits or things that are not actually removing carbon can be used. So if you think about that from a mathematical point of view, I've emitted one tonne of carbon. I've told someone else not to emit one tonne. The result is still one tonne. Yeah. Um, so unless mm. I've gone out and got someone to remove it and remove it permanently, we aren't going to net zero, um, yeah. which is, again, back to my point on why, we in, yeah. why we're in this end of the spectrum. Um, so at the moment, you can still do that. What... what um, you will have to do those retire those credits. Otherwise, you can't account it. You can't use it for your accounting uh, or, or put it on your bottom line unless you've retired it. So the burning mechanism, um, if you will. And I believe that is standard. Like you, you can't be counting. You can't just hold this carbon yeah. and go, we've got, don't worry, we've got carbon. And then, you know, once that year goes, you just biff it off and sell it. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that does happen. <laughs> but um, as far as I know, it has to be retired in order to be accounted against. Um, yeah. But it's not particularly a world I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an expert in. Um, you've got about 
the limit of my knowledge in that space. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And um, yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I've got to learn more on this carbon I'm market. This there's like a whole other world yeah, out there. I'm going down this rabbit hole with you. I'm going to yeah. be emailing you like, guess yeah. what I found? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I like it. Leanne, I, I've also, I, I follow Traco as well, and I bought one of the Book.io NFTs. So yes. how did that partnership come about and how... Yeah, let's talk about the NFTs. How, how did you, how was that um, that partnership going and how did they find it? Um, yeah, we'd, we'd like to know a bit about the Book.io um, partnership yes. with you guys. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we've managed to, as uh, now maybe two weeks ago, um, announce our very first partner. So someone that actually adopted the ERC call, put it into their smart contracts and, yeah, actually removed carbon. So um, our awesome partners were called Book.io. Um, and Book.io are a, a book marketplace, but they predominantly sell uh, e-books, but obviously on blockchain they are NFT books. So you're actually not only just licensing your digital book, you own it. Uh, and obviously what that gives us the chance to do is actually program in this carbon removal. So, yeah, just over two weeks ago now, we managed to launch the world's first carbon removing book. Um, yeah, so as so you bought cool. this book, carbon is removed. Uh, if you are to on-sell that book because it's yours and you own it, more carbon will be removed. So every time this thing trades or tracks around the internet, uh, more carbon uh, will be removed. And that's, in, you know, perpetual um, and immutable. No one can change that now. Um, so what you do is take what the action of reading and turn it into climate action, um, which for me is exactly where we want to be, right? Like we want to go, you want to read this book anyway, you want to do this, um, yeah. and now you can do it with some purpose behind it. Uh, what Book.io, so the, the relationship with Book.io actually came out of support from Polygon. So Polygon Blockchain um, have been hugely supportive to us uh, in, in supporting us in, uh, I guess, what we're trying to achieve because they play such a... Um, Kind of role in the sustainability space they were always about you know scaling ethereum in a in a kind of sustainable way um and so yeah they've been hugely supportive of what we're up to uh, and, and got us involved in their ecosystem introducing us to book.io in the first place um with book.io the idea is that there'll be more books to come right so we've yeah. started with one and we'll move to many um and we're also exploring now print books which will be uh, pretty awesome and and book.io have been amazing uh, and, you know, th this is their words. They actually uh, have been speaking to publishers who think this could be kind of like revolutionary for the publishing industry. Yeah. Um, because what you have is an industry that um, historically has kind of been on the wrong side of the story uh, mm -hmm. by cutting down trees, putting into books, and then, um, you know, having that impact on, I guess, you know, the world and people know about it. People still love books and still want to read books and mm -hmm. still should be able to do so. Um, but to do so in a manner that's not so extractive, uh, and, and Tracle can help there, of course. So, that is so um, cool. yeah. So can I just ask a couple of questions about that? Sorry, guys. I mean, go for it. Go deep for dive it, on this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So is that like yeah. built into the cost of the book? Yeah. So what happens is it's really book IO that, that, that lose, if you will. So they're the ones yeah. that go, um, you know, 1%. I think they've actually put 10%. If I'm not wrong, I'd have to go and check the code, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. 10%. So, so you come along, you buy your book, say, yeah, it's, um, you know, what is it, 20 bucks, make, make the math easy, you know, 10%, yeah. $2, $2 is going to go to us as Trade Cool, yeah. and we're going to go out and buy carbon removal with that. So whatever the $2 buys us, uh, it'd be yeah, a few kgs, boom, you've removed a few kgs. And of course, yeah. now when this sells on the secondary market, um, what will happen is say, um, I'm the one selling it to you. Whatever price I set on it, that ten percent will still go. So I just won't. I won't get the ten percent. That's like that. So it works like a royalty. Um, yeah. But the thing is, it's programmed in, right? So you yeah. you know this when you buy the book, um, and you know this when you sell the book that that's going to automatically happen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that'll keep going as long as this book trades around the internet. And did you say that when they um, buy those things, when you burn it, they get something back, or did I get confused? What are the little fees? Yeah, so that yeah, yeah, bang on, you bang on. So what happens is uh, you've gone in and bought your book. Um, and as mentioned, in the background, what's happening in, with the technology is that's popping out to buy some carbon credits. Um, and what will happen to you as the consumer is so you'll have your NFT book um, in your wallet. And then what you'll also be able to do is bring it to our Tracle website, connect your wallet, 
Uh, and what you'll see there is what we call our cool factor token. Now, the cool yeah. factor token will tell you precisely down to the gram how much carbon you've removed. And I think actually from the books, um, at the price that was sold, we removed 2.12 kgs per book or something like that. Uh, again, I'd have to go away and check exactly. Um, but the point is, is that we're Tracle's not yet minting these cool factor tokens, but we yeah. will will do one day uh, in the near future. You'd actually be able to take those 2.12 tokens. Um, maybe they're recognized in, I don't even know, a Nike store. And Nike go, great, well, you've got two tokens, uh, two cool factor tokens. We'll give you 10% off. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it'll be a, bit, a little bit different in terms of ratios and all the rest of it. But, yeah. you know, there's a way then for brands to kind of recognize the good that you've done somewhere yeah. else and actually draw you to yeah, their ecosystem. So you can see how this quickly kind of turns into what is an open loyalty play or an open reward system. Well, Leanne, I think that that's so cool. And I hate to do this, Carry on. but um, <laughs> you're going to be like, no, not again. Um <laughs> I just think like since it's something that can be programmed in smart contracts and we're looking at saving the world, what about introducing it to wholesalers of the CBDC? It's practically like almost like a little tax that's built in. So the banks, we all hate them, um, <laughs> the government <laughs> that are rolling out wholesale CBDCs, why don't like you approach them and have them do something good for once um, and build that in and that way it's, yeah. you know, a programmable mm. money. It's like a little carbon tax. It's we get the money yeah. and they pay for something like saving the planet for yeah. us. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely possible, right? From a tech point of yeah. view, that's absolutely possible. Politically, would it happen? Maybe not, but well, let's <laughs> see. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like things, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and things like, um, you know, these micro actions, these things that are just kind of happening all the time. Um, they should be what we're looking to kind of integrate this yeah. into. Um, of course, like books are wicked and, you know, people buy books and regularly do so and all the rest of it. But what we want to have is a day, you know, a day where your life, your entire lifestyle could be just chipping away at this, you know, from the clothes you buy, from the shoes that you have, everything that you do online, all your interactions, the money that you're yeah. using, the payment providers you're doing, you know, they could all be having this little tiny impact each single time and that'll add up uh, and it adds up at scale. Yeah. And do we think or would we hope that, yeah, the people want to do something, but like, let's face it, the cost of living is starting to impact us all. Would we want to see this as being something that's brought in from corporations because they want to do the right thing? Or are we going to end up seeing yeah, something absolutely. that resembles a carbon tax that is just weighing on the consumer at the end of the day? Like, we all want to do the right thing, but yeah. then in your example, if everywhere we go and we buy a shirt and we buy this and we buy that and suddenly we're paying common taxes on everything, like what are your thoughts on that? I hate the yeah, word absolutely. tax. Right? So I, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it's sort of the way it works, right? But yeah. um, I absolutely feel that this is not the consumer's job to pay for this. It should yeah, be factored so. into the cost, the cost of good, right? So you actually see this in examples today, right? So we um, have airline tickets. You, you'll go and buy your airline ticket. And it'll actually often ask you, do you want to offset this flight for, and it's usually not much money, which kind of draws red flags immediately anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it'll say even for 53 cents, do you want to offset this flight? And, and there's a click button and opt in. And I, the consumer, have to pay for that. Statistically speaking, 1% of people will tick that box. Um, yeah. Because I think all of us feel like, well, if it's 53 cents, just put it in the price of the ticket. I wouldn't even know yeah. and I'll feel better and call my flight carbon neutral. One, that's a better way to do it from a psychology point of view. Yeah. Um, but two, I think there's one, there's a lack of trust, another lack of trust there. But mm -hmm. we don't believe that we should be the one paying for it. You know, like yeah. you're the one making money out of this product. You must understand how this is impacting the, the you know, the environment yeah. and, and what you're doing. And that is... Um, there is a cost on the earth that you need to you need to be like yeah. responsible for in theory. Um, so the evidence is pretty clear that consumers want this. They just don't want to be the ones that have to take responsibility for it. Yeah, especially directly. over and, and over and over again. Like yeah, and if we did, we'd all be offsetting our footprints now. Like those things exist. There's an, there's yeah. 101 companies out there where I can go and buy trees and feel better about my life. No one no one does it. No, I mean there are. Don't get me wrong, actually, there's amazing people that do yeah. um, And this is where I started. But then I thought, like, how many people are realistically going to do that? How many people feel like they should do that? How many people can afford to do that? Yeah, exactly. But if this thing was woven in and included, um, you know, a along the journey and the cost of making the good in theory, and we got, some we got a benefit out of that, 
it's a different, a little bit of a different story. Um, yeah. And there's nothing, nothing different to how air miles go out and get, you know, like if I buy at a certain store, I might get my air miles, my Qantas points or something like that. Hmm. Same thing happens. You know, there's a cost that goes in, it gets absorbed by the company. They, they do it because it engages you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cycle kind of happens again. So this is very much the same as that. And I would like to see the companies and the corporations that, you know, are getting all the revenue and profit of making all of this stuff, then be the ones that contribute to the payment rather. Like I really hope, like the one thing I am, you know, daunted by carbon credit taxes is that it doesn't end up being another tax that they find a way to pass on to the consumer. I want to see the people that are really profiting from actually creating so much of this carbon factories, the footprint, then be responsible for it rather than passing everything on down to the consumer. And I hope that there's a way that we can track that and make sure that they're still yeah. being responsible for what they're doing rather than making us feel good because we're helping them pay off their carbon debt. Like, I just yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I think with, with the way blockchain technology is going, we're going to see it across everything, right? So, again, what yeah. we're doing is sort of one very small consumer-facing um, part to play. But when you start to look at using blockchain for supply chain, um, you know, will yeah. it be able to get proof of what's happening through these su supply chains and how people are taking responsibility from on the way? And my dream is, like, utopia is, is that that's all actually done. We're, we're buying what is sustainable products off the shelf, plus they're, do they're doing a little bit more and actually creating this negative effect. You know, yeah. like we're actually then making this, um, you know, net negative effect on what's out there. Uh, and again, I think blockchain technology is really well designed to, to kind of deal with that. And for the first time, throw transparency on this and go, okay, yeah. you haven't dealt with it here, so you can't claim anything. And then at least consumers will know for sure whether that's true or not. Um, yeah. And so I think, look, we're a long way from that kind of just been happening, but that is kind of the utopia vision of what blockchain yeah. can do to this whole area and industry. And it's great to see because I feel like I'm sorry, I'm passing on the You keep going. I feel Don't like worry. consumers are <laughs> finally being heard because there was an example that I watched um, not long ago. Actually, I had to study it for my um, legal course where they were saying that consumers, you know, sometimes you'll go into like Woolies or Coles and there's, I'll use tuna as an example. There's a can of tuna on the bottom <laughs> shelf and then there's a can of tuna that is like six times as much because it's like, making claims like organic or for, I don't know what organic, organic yeah. um, like out in yeah. sea, but there's actually, you're paying all this extra money, but there's no way for you to verify what the hell's in that can and where it came from. But people are paying yeah. extra yeah. money just because they've written it and no one checks. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's about time that we held companies responsible yeah. for the claims that they yeah. make and for the people that buy into those claims. And this is a really yeah. great way to keep it transparent to verify and to actually, like, I mean, would they say half the meat that people are buying is not even correctly labeled? Like, so it's like, mm -hmm. that's daunting. Yeah. That's no, absolutely. Chicken. Yeah. I, I, I'll, 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 I'll shed some hope on this again because I've seen some awesome companies working in, in this yeah. sort of supply chain um, and provenance, I guess, um, of this world. You know, it's quite a, um, it's quite a task because you've kind of got to organize all this. Um, but I do really see a world where, you know, those badges and those things that we see as a consumer on the very end of the, you know, of the yeah. user journey are actually, yeah, only able to be given or proven if they've met metrics along the way. Yeah. And we'll be able to double check that by just scanning it, you know, our phone and going, oh, yes, it, you know, it is what it is or, it, you know, it isn't what it is. Um, yeah. But you're absolutely right. I mean, like you said, it's very trendy. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. If you say it, um, you know, the, the metrics are clear. Like it, it, it helps you make more money. It helps you sell at a premium. Um, but it must be um, trusted um, yeah. or not even trusted but verified uh, yeah. If, yeah. if we're going to make it worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. I actually came across an interesting one like that. Um, I believe it was scallops in Japan. Mm, and they were using, oh, yeah. they were using um, uh, blockchain technology and they've sort of got their app. And it even it even had a um, like a, an introduction to the fishermen, so you got to know oh, the cool. fishermen yeah. and sort of their history, which was cool. And then they yeah. um, had the the um, travel 
trajectory of that boat because everything's GPS and then going to the wholesaler to go to the retail store and then you're able to scan that and see the whole process and see the the background of the people who um, caught it and I think over the two years of them using this in shops the actual value of those scallops went up by 10% because people were that interested in buying it and knowing exactly where it came from. I definitely feel like yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, but, um, yeah. but the interesting one, Leanne, you touched base on on the book IO and how the NFTs and the the um, carbon credits are working on there. Was really say yeah. there's a book there's a book for a hundred dollars, for instance, or uh, let's go twenty dollars as we did before, and that two dollars comes off the first first sale. But then if that book, keep, because it's an NFT, it's it's going to exist forever. Even if someone goes and sends mm-hmm. it to a burn wallet, it's still going to be there or they lose access mm-hmm. to their wallet, it's still there. But if that book mm-hmm. keeps getting transferred around and around, you're actually potentially buying a lot more carbon than the actual original sale of the book. So the book yeah. could be $20.00. But in 10 years from now, there could be $2,000 worth of carbon that's been offset, depending on, on how much it's been yeah. traded. Yeah, correct. And that and then that's that's what I love about this technology, right? Because it's um, something that allows us to program something in perpetually. So what you actually do is you take this kind of innate object, object of a book, say. Um, yes, it's digital, but it could be physical too. Yeah. Um, and that now gets transferred or transformed into what is a climate action tool? You know, this thing's actually going to be, um, you know, going around the internet, pulling down carbon perpetually. Um, this is and, an and imagine idea. the world, yeah, you know, with, with many of these things going out there happening, um, you know, you have to use your imagination of these things moving around the internet. But yeah, if they're out there doing a, doing a job and it's all on default, then that's a world I'd like to see anyway. Um, and that's the, that's the kind of vision with this is imagine if we could just fold that into a bunch of things Imagine if we can fold it into what is lifestyle, what is popular culture, so we can kind of bring change to people rather than try and make people change. Um, and it, you know, this can be step one of anyone taking action, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I think honestly, Leanne, this is such an awesome idea. Your son's going to be so impressed as soon as he <laughs> understands how carbon <laughs> works. Like, yeah. yes, mom. Like, what is, what is maybe do? Yeah, well, I, it, 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 like, no word of a lie. I think on the on the website it even says like, why am I doing this? Well, I hope that my son might think I'm cool one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. We all well, know as, you, as they get as they get older, you get un, more uncool. So maybe he'll look back and go, oh, at least you. will start off cool. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Leanne, so like in your opinion right now for your vision of the company, like who are your ideal people that you'd love to partner with? I, I feel like after this podcast goes out, there's going to be so many projects and people that are doing things and they have smart contracts and they're going to be like, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Like who do you envision? Or you just want everyone like come on board. If you've got a smart <laughs> contract, we need to reduce carbon. <laughs> <laughs> well, so first and foremost, it's open source, right? So, yeah. so um, the whole point of making the technology like this is so anyone can pick it up. They don't even need my permission. They can go and implement it right now if they really want to. Oh, cool. Um, so if you're, if you're listening and want to, just go off and do it. Like you could be an artist or a creator. Um, the one kind of caveat is that you have to know how to use smart contracts and how to mention yeah. all the rest of it, which is not kind of mainstream just yet. But we're working yeah. on getting it into places that make it far easier for the everyday person. Um, but for us, really, it, the low-hanging fruit, if you will, would be people that are already convinced that um, Web3 is something great. You know, they might all be creating digital um, assets because then this doesn't isn't too kind of like a, a bridge too far for them uh, and would already kind of fit into their model. So that's kind of where we're looking early. So example is obviously Book.io. You know, yeah. that's exactly what they do. This is their bread and butter. Um, but you look at bigger brands. They're, they're the ones I want to... Um, get on this because I think then that's how you break into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, you know, for an example, Nike is a, is a company that has great sway in, you know, in, in terms of popular and mainstream. Um, it would only take something like that to adopt something like this to make massive change. Um, yeah. They are creating digital assets already. Um, and for us as a brand, we really want to be in that space where this is mainstream. Like this, this should be cool that we want cool factor to be something that people want. Uh, yeah. And people have fun with, and people enjoy. 
So we no longer um, feel like climate action is a chore, but it's a pleasure. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, with the right kinds of brands that pick this up and run with it, we can create that. Um, so, yeah, so we are, you know, whilst we're focused in um, trying to fit into lifestyle, and it's probably a lifestyle of a Gen Z, if mm. I'm honest, um, where they are, where they live, what they do, because they want this more than anyone. You know, they don't yeah. buy into um, the claims that that are being put out there today. They want to see their brands um, take action and they want to spend their money with, with brands that values align uh, and they yeah. absolutely value that. So uh, that's where we're really looking, but it is open. Uh, anyone yeah. can actually go and do it. Do it right now if they so wish. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, Leanne, for me personally, um, the point of difference that I'm hearing from you is, Oh, like I'm, I'm almost sick of hearing about climate change, carbon, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, every, I'm, like I'm, I'm over it. Like, tell me what you're doing about it. Like, I'm hearing a lot about these carbon taxes, carbon credits. But the point of difference for you is, you're actually telling us what you're going to do with it. How you're actually going to fix the problem? Like, how you're going to remove the carbon from existence? Everyone has just been talking about green and carbon credits, but I feel like it's yeah. absolutely amazing because if you can get in front of them and say. This is what we're doing with your carbon credit. We're buying machines that suck it out of the earth. Uh, it's like finally, yeah. I'll spend, take my money, yeah. take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> remove carbon, make it fun. Like if I had to nail it down, we want to remove carbon, we want to make it fun, like yeah. simple and fun. Get everyone doing it as many people yeah. as possible. Um, you know, I'm very careful to say this is not going to be the one thing that's a silver bullet and going to you know fix the world on its own. But it, you know, even if it can just inch a whole lot of people in the right direction. We're doing a much better job than we were yesterday um and that's the that's the goal that's the mission um that's what will keep me going even when i feel like not doing it um yeah it's it's what we've got to do so um yeah it's it's really one of those things that um you know could really end up impacting it and being really big um and that's certainly where we're trying to push it and make it happen basically and yeah. i have one more question sorry Go, I'm just going to get go. it before Charlie breathes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you probably answered this before, but I'm just thinking about it again. I know you've got this relationship with the companies that are building these, uh, this technology and you're investing in them and you did a lot of research to find them. I feel like doing this and having such great support from companies such as yourself is going to act as a catalyst for more research to be done and more of this technology to come about. And I just want to know how strong is your connection with this company? Like, have you properly invested in them or are you just pre-purchasing some machines or do you see yourself buying the company? Like what's going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly. So yeah. So the, the relationship at this point is, is just a purchaser, right? So all that yeah. we want to be is a customer, a customer that isn't like um, particularly price sensitive, right? So we want to buy it. We want to, make sure you're making money so you can make this company and scale it and make it big and bigger and better. Yeah. Um, so at this point, and, and we ha and I should mention that we actually purchased from a, a marketplace called Patch. Um, the reason to do that is they're the ones that kind of make it all doable from a uh, you know, regulatory point of view. So there isn't double counting. So this company can't be selling to me and someone else and the rest of it. So there are sort of checks yeah. and balances that have to come through it. Good. One vision is, so the way this will work is, um, if you remember, the flow of funds goes out um, we take a cut of those funds. It's our trade call makes its money. So as the funds come in, we um, will we'll hold 20%, 80% will go to carbon removal. So buying the actual credit or the product itself. Yeah. With um, half of that 20, so 10, we will tip into what we call a, a, a company slush fund. Now, what happens with the slush fund is factor, cool factor token holders, so the end user, the consumer, um, the person that's also sick and rolling their eyes about climate action, don't tell me anymore, <laughs> but wants it can yeah. come back there and can vote on how that, that money is used, right? So our idea is that we'll build cool things. People can propose it. Um, and, it, you know, we're all in the Web3 world. You're familiar with how Nounsdale works, right? So yeah. how do we use this treasury to, to do cool things and, and give us what we want? Um, so really kind of an ethos that's, that's similar to that. But could that actually be then one day uh, an equity investment into these technologies? Potentially, right? Um, the, the community should decide that. Um, and it's certainly something that I've had on my radar for a while is like, imagine if we could actually invest into these things and actually yeah. grow them like that, um, which would be really, really cool. Um, but will it happen immediately? No, definitely not. We, we just want to play the part of um, being that catalyst, like you rightly said, yeah. um, because it's the most important part to play right now. Um, these, these companies are really not short of investment as in, you know, everyone knows that this is what is, is a great big need and therefore a great yeah. big opportunity financially. You know, these things are going to, 
these these are the things that are really going to come in and kind of save our butts. So um, yeah. these technologies have been heavily invested into at the moment, um, but they need customers, uh, and, and we we just want to play that part right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, and I feel like you probably have a question. So. Well, I was about to say because you're, you've taken most of the time, but you've had some re- you've had some I'm really so you've had some really good I'm questions, curious, Maureen. So it's good, it's good. But we're coming up to the one hour mark, Leanne. So for my question, I'd love to know what has Tracle got planned coming into the future, the next year to two years, three years, and where can everybody participate? in tree cool or find out more yeah for sure um so really what's coming next is is continuing on the same path that we're in right now right it, it, getting this adoption uh rate up so we've got our first customer in book io um what we'd love to explore is again more around that lifestyle so you know can we explore things doing ticketing you know can you go to an event and that removes carbon yep. uh, can you hop on a plane ride and make that remove carbon um but also more around you know fashion digital fashion and physical um, we'd love to see a world where wine removed carbon. Why not? You know, um, so really, just all these sort of different touch points of of a lifestyle um, and how we can kind of transform that into something that's climate positive or at least having a positive effect. Um, and so that's really kind of our mission now is to keep this momentum going, keep working with um, other companies and brands in this space to keep kind of doing creative things. Um, so that that is kind of number one. Uh, to find out about us is really head to the website, which is www.traycool.co. Uh, on there, you'll find, um, you know, links to go and, you know, you can go and buy this book on uh, Book.io. That's the, the main one that you can go and do immediately, like if you want to go and uh, get amongst. Um, you'll also find links to the GitHub, which is where if you are that way inclined and can create smart contracts, you're welcome to go and proliferate carbon removal into any digital assets you are creating. Um, You do not need our permission. You just got to go for it. So um, those are really the kind of two ways to get involved right now. Uh, And just watch the space, you know, join us, follow us on Twitter. Um, You can sign up to our newsletter. We'll we'll keep you, you know, posted with where we're going, what we're doing, um, what's coming down the track. So, yeah, if you're interested, do follow along. Thanks so much. I have one more question. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Go for it. Before you go, because you're about to say bye. Every time she talks, I have questions. Um, So with that, companies that that go and put their, sorry, guys, I'm just curious. So companies that go and use this and put it into into their smart contracts, do they have your permission to use your IP and say, like, powered by, you know, like, drop your company's name, put your company's, like, are you throwing your IP around now? We everyone can use it. And yeah. just, like, um, I mean, they can use they can name. use our brand. I think that there's a brand kit on the website. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And you know, you can anyone's welcome to go in there and, and do that. Um, they yeah. don't necessarily own the IP, of course, but they yeah, are welcome to yeah. say that you know, this is this is how we're doing it. This is what happens. And yeah, um, of course, for us to, to get that cool factor token, um, yeah. it'll always be tracked on your wallet, but they need to know where to come. So, you know, it's really yeah. piece piece of the communication to go, by the way, this is built on an ERC call or however you want to describe it or communicate yeah. it. Um, and this is the benefit at the end. Why don't you take it there to, to go and, you know, redeem your cool yeah. factor. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely, they can do that. Okay. That was the lawyer in me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. It's, um, yes, definitely the the web-free culture you've got going on there, Leanne, with, hey, just come grab it, (laughs) use it. I don't mind. I built it, but yeah. for you guys, my name to, on the bottom, free to, marketing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, Maureen always has a few questions for me around this stuff in the office. But Leanne, thank you for joining us today in our 59th podcast. Um, we'll post this. To- Add Nathan, you jumped the gun there. We'll get Nathan to add some links um, to the bottom so people can just click the link and find you and Trey Cool. And we look forward to the future. Thanks Very for interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See, See you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.